Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladeli. I'd like to start the series that I call Lessons from the Testimony of John the Beloved. And today, speaking about the question of blindness. Isaiah 42 speaks expressly. And in going to that, let me set the context right. Tomorrow, we are starting week 26 of the year. How many weeks do you have in a year? 52. So if you are in week 56, that's telling you what? You are midway. And today's ministration is one that is intended to call all of us to take stock. When you get to half of a thing, you can look back on your journey so far. How well have I run? How well have I conducted myself? Half speaks to division. And in this particular case, a division that can either lead you to rebellion or one that will cause you to move away from rebellion and follow the Lord. One of the high points of the ministration in December, which is where I want to start, was the exegesis that Pastor Dele did on Romans 11 concerning the nation Israel. What was it that Israel did that brought it into the point of blindness? Can you give me Hebrews 11, please? Sorry, Romans 11.7, excuse me. Romans 11.7. And then what happened? Well, when Israel tried to be right with God on her own, pursuing her own self-interest, she didn't succeed. The chosen ones of God, who were those who let God pursue his interest in them, and as a result, received his stamp of legitimacy. David his said, God gave them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, Ears that they should not hear. David said, let their table become a snare unto them. Their bounties, let it become what will make them to stumble. Blindness is not necessarily having eyes as I'm looking at you. It has nothing to do with physical sight. And it's a blindness that we want to trace this morning, how it applies to me, how it applies to you, looking at the foundation of what was laid at that point in time. There was something that was central to the failure of Israel. Something that made it impossible for them to have the right understanding, the right sight concerning what God was doing. We want to trace that. And that's why I thought it was important to cast our minds back. You need to, for you to get this, you need to see what happened to Pharaoh. There are 19 times in the book of Exodus where he spoke about Pharaoh hardening his heart. But if you're a diligent student of the scriptures, you will find that actually 10 times it was Pharaoh himself hardening his heart. The remaining 9 times, God was just doing what? God was helping along a trait that was already inside him. Do you understand me? It takes something that is inside you 
for which you have been corrected, warned, spoken to so many times, and for which you are resistant. For God to then begin to support it to fulfill his purpose. Do you understand me? 19 times in the book of Exodus, the phrase Pharaoh hardened his heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart. If you read it through, you will question to be God created him. The God that created him also gave him a chance by sending somebody to him, let my people go. Inside Pharaoh has been a proclivity to be stubborn. And if after several times of God warning, speaking, warning, speaking, God then began to do what? That's what you want? Go with it. That's what you want? Go with it. To bring to pass his own divine purpose. And if you understand that foundation this morning, you would have come a long way in understanding what it is the Lord wants to speak to us this morning about who is blind but my servant. Every occasion that God has spoken, there are patterns to it that you find in the word of God. And I took my time as I reflected, studied the book of John. I saw different instances of blindness. Blindness amongst the people who were the people of God. Who had been people who were surrounding Jesus in the day-to-day -day living. And I want to unfold some of these things to you in a way that I have had to examine myself. In a way that you need to examine yourself to see whether you are not blind. The question we're asking, that I ask myself, I say, Lord, how can your servant be blind? People who are called your servant, is it possible for a servant of God to be blind? I will show you from the word of God that the answer is yes. You can have been in this assembly for as long as you have been coming. And still be what? Blind. You can have walked with the Lord. For as long as some of us have walked with the Lord. And you are still what? Blind. The danger is you don't have too much time. Because blindness that is persistent to the point where you are out of sync with what God is doing. God will walk with you. To bring forth his glory. Because in God sustaining, God supporting or releasing Pharaoh to continue in his blindness. The calamities that happened, unparalleled calamities that happened to Egypt was the result in the bringing forth of God's power. I don't pray that any one of us, for whatever reasons we are blind, whatever the core of our stubbornness or our resistance to the things that God has been saying to us will get to the point where we become the victims of his power. That's why this word is coming today.
that every one of us may take a second look at ourselves and see what it is that God is saying. Exodus says Pharaoh hardened his heart 19 times. Out of that total, 10 says, 10, 10 say God hardens Pharaoh's heart and 9 that Pharaoh hardened it. This shows a balance. Undoubtedly, Pharaoh had a tendency towards stubbornness, but God helped him along whenever it was necessary. James 1.21 These were the things that James understood when he began to admonish the people to whom he was writing. He said this, Get rid of all free all filthiness and every superfluity of naughtiness. That, that, that phrase has never, I've never escaped it each time I've gone through it. It just says, there is something about that naturally outgrows from you. That's what superfluity means. Something that is rampant. Something that just comes naturally. Something that just outflows naturally. It says, get rid of it. I believe it was with reference to the kind of things that happened in the life of Pharaoh that that admonition came. That those natural tendencies that flow, that are contrary, you'd better check them before they become a tool by which you get destroyed. It's a time for me. It's a time for you. To look at all the things that are around us and we'll go into different dimensions of it so we understand and the Lord will help us so that we can get free. So this suggests that on occasion, God will allow persistently resistant or disobedient free moral agency to suit the purpose he is working out. If life and our destiny to be in the kingdom is all a matter of free moral agency, then free moral agency is the supreme God, not the creator God. But it is true that the potter has power over the clay to do with it as he places. God's power of choice trumps man's power of choice. But the confluence of it is that there is a tendency in you that you are unwilling to get rid of. A tendency that has established itself that you know. And I will show you different examples from the world. Praise the Lord. It was God sustaining this that caused the destruction that all of Egypt experienced. Where were the Egyptians? The Egyptians, the Egyptians for free moral agency throughout this, this entire affair. Many Egyptians died. Many of them were destroyed. In many cases, extremely violent deaths. They had a choice not to follow their leader. As indeed was made evident. When the people were going out in Exodus, do you know that some Egyptians went with them? They had the opportunity to have run into Goshen. But they stood with Pharaoh and they got themselves destroyed. Let's take a big breath. At that scripture of Isaiah 42, 18 and 19. Who is blind but my servant? Deaf as my messenger I send. 
who is as blind as he that is at peace in the place of comfort. Everything is going right. Nothing to worry about. But my emphasis to us in this scripture is can a servant of God be blind? Preponderantly, every one of these translations was speaking to the fact that yes, a servant can be blind. Now, we know that there are some scriptures that were spoken specifically to Israel. This was one of them. But we also know that lessons from this were written so that those of us who are coming behind, we don't fall into the same situation. Right? So don't say, well, this was spoken concerning Israel. It's written for our examples. So that you know from what the word of God is saying that a servant of God or the servant of God can be blind. Webster's Bible translation, it puts it this way. Who is blind but yes. my servant? Who is blind but my servant? Or deaf as my messenger or that I sent? Or deaf as my messenger that I sent? Who is as blind as he that is perfect? Who is as blind as he that is perfect? And blind as the servant of the Lord. And blind as the servant of the Lord. The story of a rich young man tells you of somebody who will consider himself perfect. But when he came to the point of really seeing whether he saw right, something else showed up. That it was really what? He was blind. I'll give you more examples. Who is blind except my servant? Wow. Who is blind except my servant? Or deaf like the messenger I sent? Yes. Who is blind like the one who has my trust? Who is blind like the one who has my trust? Remember another example that was given in the ministrations of December last year. That servant who went and delivered a message and God told him, once you are done, don't look back. And another old prophet came and met him on the way. His was somebody in whom the living God had put his trust. My messenger whom I sent. And somebody else came along the way and he was blinded and he lost his life. I gave you these different translations and as we shall dig deeper this morning the truth is the servant of God can be what? Can be blind. Are you a servant of God? Are you a servant of God? Then you recognize that you can be blind. And it is to forestall that that we are starting this way this morning so that you will see the examples that I will show you from the word of God and what caused the blindness of those who have stayed around the word, who have stayed around the Lord. And in these times, I will not be using Old Testament examples. I'll be using examples taken right from the New Testament so you can see what is at stake for me and for you as we press forward in this journey that is about to end. Praise the Lord. The next Bible translation says, My, my servant, servant is, is what? Truly blind. <laughs> wow. It's not just blind now. Really, really, really. 
is truly what? Blind. My messenger is truly deaf. What does that next phrase says? What? My, My covenant. covenant partner. Wow. Who are the covenant partners of the Lord? Me. You. And if the scripture contains so determinedly in telling us that yes, you can be my servant and you can be blind, then it is reason for us to ponder and look at the six months that have gone. How have I worked, Lord? How have I worked, Lord? How have I worked, Lord? Different ministrations pointing to things that were going to happen and many of us are still falling into those things when they happened. It's reason enough for us not just to consider what has gone past but to now reshape whatever we are going to be doing in the next six months that are ahead bearing in mind all that has been taught concerning times and seasons, the four blood moons, the different feasts, Gog and Magog, all of which are time markers that God is sending across your way, my way, to know that we don't have all the time in the world. Let's go on and then look at what is it that causes blindness that the word of God speaks about. Can we go to John chapter 9? The story of the man that was what? Born blind. You've heard me say it before. Jesus did what he did so that those who are around him, they could reflect and go, but he took them right back to Genesis when he put man together with clay. He took them right back to show that, yes, whatever happened in that garden, I did it. I put you together. And I put my breath in you. And that's what he did there. But that's not our text. That's not what we are going after. The same elements by which he, he, he made man, he put them together and then made the thing moist and the man's eyes were recreated. But it is the conversation that followed after that that I want to pay attention to as we trace the different causes of what can cause the blindness that the Lord speaks about. John shows us, John chapter 9 shows us very clearly that blindness being spoken about is not the loss or absence of physical sight. Can you take it from verse 26, please? Then said they to him again. This man was now brought before the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who are the custodians of the word. Those who believe that were some, the, 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 I think the Sadducees that held that the five, the, the, the Torah, was the essence of this, but the Pharisees believed the entire scriptures. Some believed the resurrection, something they believed, but they were the ones who were the custodian of the world. This man was brought before them. The man who had experienced the power of God. And you would then see the conversation that followed. Yep. What did he to thee? Yes. How opened he thine eyes? Mm -hmm. He answered them, I have told you already. And ye did not hear. Wherefore will ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. 
We, know we are not his disciples. You are his disciples. They put a dividing line. Why? The question you should be asking yourself. Go on. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. The man answered and said unto them, Why therein is a marvelous thing that ye know not from whence he is? And yet he had opened my eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and does thou teach us as they cast him out? Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? I wanted to just stop for a moment here. The same question that the Pharisees and the Sadducees faced. That they didn't know the Lord. This man also did not what? He didn't know the Lord. But there is a difference in attitude. A difference in, in, in that something that comes across very quickly. This man said, I don't know. Where is the humility to say, I don't know? Where is that attitude that says, I can bring myself down? Because when you then begin to break down the things that were spoken by David, as we reflected in Romans 11, at the center of it is the matter of the God that I call self. The God that is called who? Self. I'm coming back to that same scripture. Because it's important for you to see it. Written black and white. But here this man also didn't know the Lord. He knew something had been done in his life. He knew that this power only could have come from God. These people were unwilling to accept that Jesus was the, happy, was, was, was the very God himself. Because that would upstage them. That will take them away from their dominance. And I will show you those who are constantly negotiating self-preservation, they become the slaves of self. We'll show that from the word. Finish that scripture. Jesus responded to his simplicity. He responded to his ignorance. He said, show me who he is. And the Lord said, I, that I'm speaking to you, I am what? I am he. Finish the scripture. And Jesus said unto him. Yes. Thou hast both seen him. Yes. And it is he that talketh with thee. Yes. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. He believed and he worshipped. And he made, Jesus then made a statement here. For judgment I am come into this world. Mm -hmm. That they which see might not see. That they which see, they might not see. And, and that they which see, might be made blind. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they cut the message. Because Jesus was saying to them, you think you see, but you are blind. What was the cause of blindness? What was the cause of their blindness? 
adamant, incorrigible presumptuousness that claims to know, that claims to be right. And those things eventually turn to a hatred for the truth. I claim to know, I claim to, write, to, to be right. Nothing that you can tell me can change my position. Are you such? Are you such a person? Because we speak of so many things, messages are preached, and you dismiss them with a sleight of hand. These are Pharisees, and they, did, they didn't do differently. They did not do differently. Oh, talks are just spoken his own. He's speaking about me. Delay is coming after me. That's exactly what was happening here. It's not different. It is not different. When the word of God is coming to you, what do you do with it? You want to preserve your status quo. The position that you have held. Not knowing that there is something in you that God is touching. What I call that proclivity. That tendency to do something wrong. That God wants you to deal with. But you'd rather stay with it. Be, be careful. Like Pharaoh. God, I will come to a point where God will say, well, I will use this to bring to pass my purpose. It may end up in calamity. Thanks for listening. Join us again on Wednesday for the concluding part of today's sermon. For more information on today's episode, please call 0803-3628-796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng.